Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 149 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be heading to the evening at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland to talk about the best Disney attractions to experience after dark. In fact, we're going to talk about the attractions that are better to experience after dark and try to convince you that you should experience the same as well. I have a few special guests on this podcast episode, two of whom you have met in previous podcast episodes, which are Colleen Bentley from WW Park Planners and Kim Collins from Magical Park Vacations. And for the first time on Imagineer Podcast, I also have Connor Brown from WDW Opinion and Magical Park Tours. We talk about our favorite answers, running down our lists for the best Disney attractions you should check out after dark. And we also tease out a uh, group trip that's coming up that you should perhaps consider adding to your 2023 itinerary for Disney vacations to take. So more to come about that in a little bit. At the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. So it's been a while since I've done a top 10 list, which is amazing. I was looking back at the last time we did one of these, and it was honestly pretty far back. It was the beginning of this year that we did a top 10 list. So I'm really excited to come back and have another conversation that involves some type of top 10 conversation. Um, In fact, it was actually January of 2022, our conversation of the best places to enjoy coffee at Walt Disney World. That was literally the only top 10 list in 2022. So we're going to break that by having the second one here. I invited a few friends onto the show. This is a group that has um, that knows each other very well. I know them pretty well. And it's their first time coming together on Imagineer Podcast. I want to start with my repeat guests. So first, welcome back, uh, Colleen, to the show. How are you, Colleen? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. So So great to have you back. How are things with Molly? They are wonderful. It's hard to believe she's already almost five months. So it flew by. Um, but no, she's doing really well, you know, introducing her to all the Disney things slowly but surely. We're on Beauty and the Beast, the soundtrack this week. That's our new thing. So um, yeah, she's becoming quite the little Disney child. I'm glad. I'm not surprised. I'm also very excited for since Maggie and Molly are only, you know, a few six months apart or so um, for their first trip to Walt Disney World together, um, which we will tease out in this episode. And there's a way for those of you listening, depending on when you're listening to the show, to uh, to perhaps join us on that trip. Um, so some more to come there. Uh, second, I want to welcome back Kim um, from Magic. I should say Colleen from WW Park Planners. Kim from Magical Park Vacations. So Kim, welcome back to the show. 
Thank you for having me. Excited to be here, especially yes. for the top 10 list. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited to have you back. I have to say, um, you know, this is the first the first six, seven months of our formal partnership together um, between the four of us. And Kim, I have gotten nothing but positive feedback when it comes to working with Magical Park Vacations. Not to downplay WDW Park Planners and Magical Park Tours, but there's something specific about Magical Park Vacations that whenever I recommend someone work with you, I always get some sort of message back saying how amazing you made their vacation and how stress-free you made their vacation. Thinking of one listener in particular, Bill, who might be listening to this. I was going to say, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the only one, but he's been sharing a lot. And it's very, um, you know, it confirms just the reason why I love working with all three of you. I know how much effort you put into your clients vacations and we're going to end the hard sale there but i just wanted to say that that was uh you know another amazing reason why i love working with you is just the feedback that i get from people all the time well thank you it's nice to hear that and um bill and aaron i know they'll probably be listening they've actually become friends and it's been great working with them so i'm i'm so glad and and they're joining us on this little trip with maggie and Molly as well um, all we're doing is selling stuff at the start of this podcast episode. I need to stop right now. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna sell one more thing because I have uh, my good friend Connor Brown as a new guest on Imagine Your Podcast from Magical Park Tours and WDW Opinion. So hi and welcome, Connor. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I just want to lay this out here and and show my dedication that I'm on this and we're recording as a hurricane is passing over my my home. So that's how dedicated I am to the program and to the top ten list. <laughs> Let's just hope the internet and electricity hold That's up on your end. Because if not, your your uh, your top ten list is going to be cut short to uh, maybe just one or two. So let's hope that's not the case. Um, you know, I'm really excited for today's discussion. We're going to be talking about a subject. This was recommended to me. It was an idea submitted by one of the listeners. Um, if you're listening, you may know who you are. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and I've had this on the list ever since, and I was waiting for the right group of people to come together to, and the right time, of course, to uh, to talk about this. But it is the top 10, and you know, we'll say 10-ish, because we're not going to come up with a, a list of 10. It's probably going to be more than that. Um, but our, you know, our kind of top 10 list of our, the, the Disney attractions we think are better after dark. And it's, a unique thing to think about because there are times that maybe you rope drop an attraction and you just go straight to that that ride or show and see it's usually bright out when you go and do that unless you're there at like 6 a.m for early morning magic hours at some crazy park hours during christmas week or something when it might be still a little dark but anyway you sometimes will wait for the end of the day to ride something again to get a different experience or you might just save something for the end of the day because you like it better in the dark as opposed to during you know the high noon um when when it's fully light outside and we'll talk about all the reasons that we have our answers on our list before we do that because we have new guests kim you've been on the show but i don't think i've asked you these questions before and connor i know i haven't asked you so we'll go to kim first that'll give connor i guess some time to uh to <laughs> think on. about right it on. sorry connor no, um it starts with the easy questions kim so First question is, what is your favorite Disney attraction? Favorite Disney attraction is Haunted Mansion. I could ride that over and over again. And Colleen and Connor know this. 
I mean, it's it's hard to find an attraction as iconic and classic as the Haunted Mansion. It's uh, and as long lasting as it is, it's still for me easily top five attractions for sure. Um, how about your favorite Disney movie? Well, this is a tough one. I feel like it kind of goes back and forth depending on what movies are out. But I think like all time, probably Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. I agree with you. I know Colleen has similar sentiments about the Lion King as well. Um, the last two are more challenging. Yeah, you get your Lion King mug for those who don't who don't. Uh, I have the same mug, by the way. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, it's uh, a classic. <laughs> it is a classic. Um, I got that back when I was, I think, working at the Disney store back in the day. Um, the last two questions, Kim, are harder questions, I will admit. Um, this one, maybe not as much thinking, going back to the parks, your favorite land at the Disney parks. It could be any of the parks that you've visited before. So it doesn't have to be like a magic kingdom land. It could be any, any land across the Disney parks. I'm going to go with fantasy land. I, I don't know. I just love the feel there. So I think if you ever go to Tokyo, you're going to get the blending of both of your favorites. You have the Haunted Mansion <laughs> in Fantasyland, so you have a win-win when you uh, make the trip to Tokyo. Last question, as Connor's prepping. Um, <laughs> this one is a hard question. I've never asked. I've been asked this question, and I've never been able to give a straight answer. So I'm looking to my guests to help me to help formulate my own answer here selfishly. But um, I sometimes ask favorite Disney character. I'm switching this up, though. Um if you could pick a Disney character that you think best matches your personality, what would that Disney character be? I've actually been asked this before, and I can't remember who asked me, um, but I'm actually going to go with my favorite character, which is Rafiki. I just feel like I'm kind of like more zen, just like even keel kind of a person. So that's an amazing answer. Um I, I, my answer would not be Rafiki, um, but that's a really amazing <laughs> character to pick for your, uh, for your Disney personality. So that's great. Um, thanks Kim for walking through those. Let's go to Connor. Who's now had time to prep some of these. Uh, I mean, so I'm nowhere easier. close, closer to being ready, but yeah, <laughs> let's go for it. Favorite Disney attraction, Connor. My favorite Disney attraction is the people mover reason. It's the people mover is because, um, my mom, worked in Disney World back in the day and she worked on the People Mover and from it I get to see the attraction that I worked on which is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train so it's a very sentimental attraction to me I'm throwing you on the spot Connor I have a follow-up question to this um this is this is me being yeah. a little uh geeking out a little bit because I love the People Mover too People Mover has had several iterations since we've been around um and uh I have a personal favorite narration but i'm curious what your favorite iteration or narration of people mover is that you've experienced the favorite would have been the the most recent one from what it is today so the mike brazell version um who's an awesome guy he's also the narrator of living with the land and he's a former disney animator super super cool guy i like that just because it was the narration during like my formative years i guess you could say so you know high school, college, more so as I was on the college program going it, it kind of clicked when I realized, wait, mom, you worked on this attraction. That was the narration. So that's that's the one that's always going to be um, the one that I hold the fondest, I would say. Connor, if I do a TTA People Mover episode, I may need to bring you on just for that family history that you Please have do. Right there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Already. Um, yeah, my personal favorites, um, I guess we're you're showing that I'm a little bit older, I guess, because um, <laughs> my formative years was growing up in the 
mid to late 90s is when I started really remembering my Disney trips and the narration, I think two times before Mike Brussel. It might have been it might have been one before, but it was the um the sort of monot monotone um robot. I forgot the name that they gave the, the game, but it was the 1994 iteration of the TTA People Mover. Um, maybe I'll play a clip at the end of this episode. It's it's one of it's probably my favorite narration um, from that I've experienced so far from uh, from TTA People Mover. The commuter, the commuter computer, was it Karnak? I don't think it was. It wasn't then? that far back. Okay, it wasn't that gotcha. far back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I'll find you a clip and I'll uh, I'll play it for you. Um, all right, favorite land at a Disney park that you visited. You know, I really love Frontierland. Um, I don't know what it is, but but I do know what it is. It's the rocking chairs. You know, I love sitting in those rocking chairs. You can see Splash Mountain. You can see Big Thunder in the distance. You can see the Liberty Square Riverboat going by. Um, watch the world go by. I love the theming there as well of course if you can catch some country bears walking around that's that's a big deal for me too so i don't know i just i've always really loved that area that's a that's an excellent answer there's a lot of uh, a lot of great aesthetic um aesthetically pleasing aspects to yeah. Frontierland. land just the the personality of Frontierland is i mean it's, it's why it's been around for so long and has hardly changed in that period of time um last one your disney character that matches your personality or movie first? Oh, that's right. Movie. How did I forget movie? Thank you, Connor. Hey, yes, here. I your new so host, distracted. Connor Brown here. Um, I, got, I got so distracted <laughs> with the people mover question. I skipped over. Yeah, let's go to movie. So I always say, I always give two because I say Toy Story because I know people will, well, Pixar. Huh? So I always say Toy Story because that was the, I think my mom always says the first movie I saw in the movie theaters. Um, and as the generate, the films kind of go, I kind of grew up as Andy. Right. So the third one came around. I was about to go to college. Andy was going to college. So Toy Story has always been my favorite. But if we're just talking straight up Disney, um, it's the Lion King as well. Man, we are a group of Lion King friends. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so let's go to your character. Is, is your character Andy? Um, or no, my character is not Andy. Uh, just because I don't think there's enough development of our, our good friend Andy there. There's not enough screen time. <laughs> That's um, true. I would say... Um, Kronk uh, from the Emperor's uh, New Groove. Um, you know, he were, he was a bad guy, but he changed. Not that I was ever a bad guy. I would like to get that straight. <laughs> I just, I find his humor um, somewhat similar to to mine. To, uh, to mine. He's a hard worker. Um, he speaks squirrel. I also speak squirrel. Squeak, squeak, squeaky, squeak. Um, and then, yeah, I like him. We'll have to get some lessons um, to, to learn how to talk to our friends, the squirrels around here. That's an amazing answer, and I'm glad you clarified. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I was going to ask, well, what 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 happened, Connor? Um, yeah, no, having, you don't want to know. Ther therapy hour. Ugh. Um, all right. So let's uh let's get to our top ten list. Um, I, I definitely want to jump right in, and I, I was going to preface this by asking, what are some of the qualifications that make an attraction better at night? But I think we're going to formulate that answer as we discuss our top 10 as always our top 10 list we're going to kind of go one at a time um i'll sort of pick people out and we'll go in different orders to keep it fair here and if you have something that matches what somebody else says feel free to chime in and add anything else you want to add at that point so let's start out with let's go to kim first uh, i'm just going randomly uh so kim what is the first thing you thought of 
or that you want to mention for your favorite attraction at Disney. Qual- one, one more thing, by the way, this is Walt Disney World or Disneyland, just to show some love to our friends on the West Coast, which Colleen and I are the only ones who can speak to the West Coast. It gives us an, an unfair advantage, I think. But um, anyway, between Walt Disney World or Disneyland, what is your first one on your list? So I just want to preface for all your listeners that I am not a rides person like at all. <laughs> um, I think everyone on this podcast knows this, but like, even if it's good for a baby, it's still not may not be good for Kim. So I am not a huge rides person. So I had to get creative with some of my answers to get 10 out of, <laughs> out of here. So um, I actually went in order, like my least favorite to my top favorite. So I'll go with my least favorite first. And um, I did the Liberty uh, Square Riverboat as something that is better to ride at night, just with all the lights um, when you're, you know, kind of just riding around and seeing things in a different way. It just kind of came to mind. Not one of my favorite attractions, but I think it's something better road at night. Yeah, I think there's something about the Connor talked about Frontierland. I think there is something that's I actually reference Frontierland a lot as a as a part of the park that I like more in the evening in general between the lighting and the fact that while you do have a number of outdoor attractions set for Country Bear Jamboree, you get a little bit of reprieve from the the sun um, since the you know, you've got two the all three attractions are really outdoor queues. Um, for for Frontierland and Thunder Mountain's indoor, but it's really outdoor, just covered. <laughs> Splash Mountain, you go inside for a little bit, but yeah, there is something um, wonderful about sort of riding around that riverboat at nighttime. Um, I could definitely see that, and if you're lucky to catch it during the fireworks, you can get some pretty phenomenal views from there as well. Not to spoil some answers that I might have on here that involve fireworks too. Um, let's head over to Connor. I'll go to you next. So the first one I'll go with is is one that I've actually just recently been on at night for the very first time. And I think as I was thinking through this, I was thinking, okay, well, well, is it better at night? And I think even though this is one of my all-time favorites and it's incredible during the day, when I went on it at night, it just made it that much better. Uh, and that is Expedition Everest. Um, I was at... Um, a DBC Moonlight Magic event. So I got to go on it uh, recently at night. And what I was looking for is at night, it's like a totally different ride. You know, I know all the banks, I know all the turns, those sorts of things, but that added element of darkness when you're outside, because it's usually just dark when you're going through the inside caverns of it, that just made it feel like a different ride. It made it uh, feel like it was on on it for the first time again. And I think a really, really big component of this is because it's dark out, your eyes are already very adjusted to the dark. So when you go through the Yeti scene where RIP, he used to swipe down and swipe at you, no longer does that, the strobe lights and the darkness in there, when you go through the the daytime, it's always kind of hard to see him to get a full effect. Now, when your eyes are accustomed to the dark, um, you can see them so much better. It seems like counterintuitive. It seems like that doesn't make any sense. But when I came through that time and when I wrote it for the first time at night, I could see like every hair on them. I could see all the details. It was awesome. It was just so cool to see. Um, And it's almost like 
I only want it to be like that way, only available at night. Of course, we can't do that. But um, I just felt like that put it over the top. And um, for a ride that I absolutely love, turning out the lights outside made it even better. You know, this was one that I did have on my list initially before we added Disneyland to the conversation. And then a couple took priority over over Everest. But I uh, I, I agree. I actually haven't personally done it in the dark, but I have seen I have heard and seen some footage of it. And it, it looks like it's a pretty um, exhilarating experience to do it after dark. I, you know, one of the this just refreshed my memory of one of the fun facts about Expedition Everest, because I'm just full of those that um that I, you know, I haven't confirmed if it still is active yet or not. But, you know, the forced perspective technique where they, you know, Mount, the actual Mount Everest is not the physical tallest peak on the ride. The tallest peak that you see yeah. as you're looking at it is the Forbidden Mountain. Mm -hmm. um, Mount Everest is supposed to be way in the distance. So if you're, you know, if you're ever with me in the park, I can point out to you. And I think I posted about it years ago, like which peak it is. But in order, since it is shorter, you know, by by actual physical standards, then um, then the Forbidden Mountains is supposed to be so far away um, that uh, one of the ways that they designed the lighting around sunset was, you know, that peak of Mount Everest would technically go into the shade um, before the Forbidden Mountain, which defeats the forced perspective that you're looking at a really, really tall mountain very far away. So they kept a light illuminated on it to mimic the sunset beyond the actual sunset. Um, oh, interesting. So I don't know if that is still there because I haven't actually yeah. stood by Everest at sunset to see it. And it's not something that I think most people would even recognize. But it's amazing that they thought through that level of detail that at sunset, we're going to make sure that this stays lighted a little bit longer because the sun would still be reaching it um, more so than shorter mountains that are just all, all in the right. details all in the details all and even going up the lift hill at night and looking all around is just as cool too such a cool answer um colleen we'll go to you so my first one that came to mind immediately is one that i am pretty confident the three of you do not have on your list because i'm pretty confident none of you like this ride or will go on it um, so I'm taking us back to Magic Kingdom. Um, my first pick was Mad Tea Party, the teacups. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, take it. Uh, yeah. All yours. <laughs> yep, I know. I figured, uh, yeah, the three of you, if I know you well, which I do, uh, you none of you care for this ride. So uh, this is one of my favorite attractions day or night. But I think for me at night, I just have really fond memories of it growing up um for some reason it was just like one you know my family always went to in the evenings a few reasons you know there's no lines at night usually for the teacups so that's always a plus but i think overall Fantasyland just has such a magical vibe especially in the evening with the lights and just the overall ambiance um so there's just something about it i i don't even know how to like describe the different feeling but um I just think it's it's such a fun experience in, at night. And um, I think for the nostalgia aspect, that's really where it gets me. Um, so I would say the teacups. Follow-up question. Have you done the teacups at mm -hmm. night at Disneyland? So I have not ridden it. I've only ridden it during the day. And I was thinking that because the lights and the trees are so beautiful there. 
Um, so I felt like since I haven't actually done it myself, I can't include that on my list, but that's, you know, high priority for next time we go to Disneyland. Um, cause I do think just the different feel that it has then in magic kingdom is pretty unbelievable. Even though it's the same ride, I think the trees and the, the string lights that hang from it just adds a totally different feel to it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one that I've, I, you know, I haven't written it. I can't do spinning, but one that I I've seen at night and I've heard from people yeah. who have done it before that it is such a fun experience at night with the, the mm -hmm. lights above it. It's, and it's open unlike the magic kingdoms enclosed because of, the weather that Florida gets relative to the weather that Anaheim gets. Um, yeah. So it's uh, I've heard that it's pretty amazing at Disneyland, but that's an excellent answer. That is, you're right, definitely not on my list um, <laughs> just because I can't do it. But I am going to go to I think I'm going to I'm going to start with a Disneyland one just to show some love to the um, to the West Coast here. I'm debating which one to go with first. Uh, I think I'll maybe go with um indiana jones adventure which i know at night it's in it's a dark ride it's inside so there's not the interior components the main attraction components are the same whether you ride it at day or at night but similar to what connor mentions because it is in the dark there your eyes are already adjusted when you get inside so there's a lot of detail inside of indiana jones adventure that you get you know you can see a lot more clearly even though you're you know really bouncing past it pretty fast but uh, your eyes are already adjusted so you get to see a little bit more detail in the lighting that's used and some of the props that are around there but the real reason i like it at night is because i feel that the aesthetic of the attraction and the overall feeling of the attraction becomes more ominous somehow at night for me um it's it's still ominous during the day as you're approaching this forbidden temple and it's you know it looks like it's been there for hundreds or thousands of years um and you get this uh, already uneasy vibe about it but you know part of it is the lighting that's used which you get through the interior queue you now also get at the exterior queue where there's actually this machine outside that's the generator that powers you know supposed to be powering the lights and the and anything else inside of the temple um and the generator kind of loses its steam every once in a while and when it does that the lights flicker um and so the exterior lights also flicker at that time, which gives it this this really, again, very creepy vibe. The other thing is that as you're walking through the queue, part of it is partially outside. It's covered, but you can see daylight coming through if you're in it during the day, but it's at night coming through. You get like the starlight up above and maybe the moon up above, and it's just very ominous to see that. Um, so for all those reasons, just the overall vibe and aesthetic um the feeling you get approaching indiana jones adventure at night as opposed to during the day which i have done both um the night version is just so much creepier um and so that i think adds to the sense of adventure and intrigue um so that's my first answer there uh kim and connor you need to get to disneyland that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> we'll have to do a trip it's coming up soon for me oh when are you going Oh man, I haven't announced this yet, man. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> December in December. Yeah. Good. That's an excellent time to go because you also get to see Haunted Mansion Holiday. I'm very excited for all the holiday stuff. It's going to be awesome. Yep. It and Indiana Jones right up on the list. Can't wait. Yeah. I'd say hit that one up first. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe check it out. You know, you can look at it from the outside in the evening and get the same sort yes. of vibe. Uh, let's switch it up. I'll go to Colleen first for round two. 
Okay, I'm going to go with a more obvious choice that some of you might have on your list. Um, Also in Magic Kingdom, though, Big Thunder Mountain. Um, Lots of reasons here. And I just wrote it at night recently. We actually wrote it at night at the Halloween party. So there was no wait. We walked right on. Uh, You know, you get some of the best views of Magic Kingdom. I feel like when you're climbing up that first hill and you look over to the castle, I mean, there's nothing that beats that. And I have had the opportunity to ride it during fireworks before. So I feel like, you know, it's just such a cool experience. And that's like what the Disney magic is all about. Um, And I think there's just something about, you know, you're going outside and inside the mix of that, you know, kind of what we said about Expedition Everest. It's just it's. uh, it's a much cooler ambiance overall of the attraction. Um, I think it makes it a little, I don't want to use the word scary because I don't know if it's really a scary attraction, but it makes it more thrilling almost being in the dark for, you know, those outdoor portions as well. So um, yeah, I would pick Disney world. I have written it at Disneyland at night, but I would still pick magic kingdoms version um, at night over that one. I had this on my list. Connor, did you have it on yours? Yep, it was on mine. Yeah, I I, I, didn't, I was going to ask you, Kim. <laughs> Kim, Kim. Um, yeah, I've I so I've I've done Thunder Mountain at night many times. It was actually one of my favorite things to do on the Disney College program when I went to Magic Kingdom. At the end of the day, after a long day, go to Magic Kingdom, and I did select on many nights um, when there was wishes. Dating myself to go and ride um big thunder mountain during wishes so you get that as you're especially going up the second lift um you get this iconic view where you have the the buttes of thunder mountain off to your right and also off ahead to your right is where they set off the fireworks behind the park and so you get these really incredible views of the fireworks behind thunder mountain uh but the the lighting inside the caverns too you mm-hmm. same similar to what we talked about before, right? You get your eyes are adjusted, so you catch some more details inside the caverns, and the the lighting is a lot more intentional at night than it is during the day inside of those caverns, um, especially those short those shorter caverns that you might go through. And the the actual I don't want to say it actually was the scariest I think experience I've had riding Thunder Mountain. The roller coasters actually change speed which not a lot of people realize it's contingent upon the weight of the vehicle it's contingent upon the time of day it's contingent upon the humidity upon the heat um and also in the case of an outdoor coaster if it's rained so i happened to ride thunder mountain in the middle of july on a very hot and humid day after it had rained at night and if you think thunder mountain is fast it was i thought we were going to you know it was still safe, but like it also was like on a mild mouse coaster when you feel like you're going to like fall off the tracks. Yeah, it very much felt like that. And it was terrifying um, and exhilarating at the same time. <laughs> I got to do that. I got to add that to my list because that sounds awesome. Kim, that'll Wait. be your first time on Big Thunder like, when we do that. <laughs> yeah. After a yeah. Rainstorm. Sign me up. <laughs> wait for uh, wait for the summer. Get a full car of guests at the end of a yeah. very hot day after it's rained. Um, that's the uh, probably the fastest you'll ever experience Thunder Mountain. Now all of a sudden they're going to wonder why the July wait times have changed and uh, <laughs> really <laughs> ninety minute wait for Thunder Mountain at at eight p.m. at night. What's going on? Um, Connor, let's go to you. So this one I've been on several times at night but i just recently went on it again for the first time in a very long time at night and i realized 
that this ride was built for nighttime rides, and that's Slinky Dog Dash. The reason for it is, I think, twofold. One, you don't realize how many lights are on it until it's pitch black. So when you're going up the first um, um, booster, I guess you could call it, it kind of lights up the way with kind of orange, uh, almost like traffic lights leading up the way. So you see that as you're going up the first hills, you see Toy Story Land with all the Christmas lights that Andy has hung up. They're all bright and colorful and, and things like that. But then when you go to the second booster and it's that pull back it's supposed to mimic those pullback slot cars sort of things you pull back and everything starts you know to to spin and light up and when it says go 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 and it goes through those variations of color and light that just makes it even cooler it it, it feels more like you're in a toy than when you ride it during the day at least i think so uh, and i think the added bonus of riding it at night is when you get to the second big hill, and then the bunny hills, you turn and you look back and you can kind of see over the top of Batu at night in that kind of glistening, you know, almost bioluminescent, kind of like Pandora, not so much, but that that glow that it gives off is really cool to see. And then, of course, you see Tower of Terror off in the distance all lit up as well. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, that's one that I had on my list, too, um, for the exact same reason, that it is definitely you know it's designed almost for that nighttime experience um plus again it is cooler at night um which maybe is not as good if it's a cold day but if it's the middle of the summer it's a lot better to wait in that queue in the evening than it is uh in the middle of the day if there's a 90 minute wait and if you don't have you know lightning lane access yeah oh yeah it's also (laughs) so bright at you know during the day just riding the roller coaster it's so bright um it's one of the only roller coasters that i i keep my sunglasses on i'm not too scared about losing them on that one on other ones sure but um so that helps a little bit too at night that's fair Kim, we'll go to you next Uh, yours is the list that i really can't predict i can (laughs) kind of predict colleen's and connor's (laughs) but i really cannot predict yours so i'm very excited to hear what you have next yeah um nine So number nine is going to take it back to Fantasyland and Magic Kingdom. I don't do a lot of spinning rides, but the carousel, riding that at night is just a whole different vibe and experience and the lights. And I could probably only just do it once and then like I'm done (laughs) because then it's too much spinning for me. But um, if I'm going to ride it, I'm going to ride it at night just so I can see like all the lights and everything going by. So. I do love that lighting at night, too. Um, that's a really excellent answer. Not one that's on my list, but uh, Carousel at night is a definite plus, no matter which castle park you're in. Um, I'm going to go to... I like to go through mine out of order. I'm going to go to my obscure one. And my obscure one is now one you can only see after dark. Well, a little. It's a, it's, it depends on the time of year. Um, Impressions de France. Is the only is is uh. one that you can only see now after I think Disney's hours are six thirty p.m. and later, because uh, during the day it's the Beauty and the Beast sing along. So this is one that you actually have to wait until on a lot of days when it's after dark to ride. Uh, this is partially nostalgic for me more than anything else. I don't think anyone would get it <laughs> besides myself, but it was very common on my Disney vacations growing up. To at the end of the day 
go-to impressions to France right before lining up for Illuminations. Um, it was, I think, you know, my my parents kind of gave them a little bit of a break after the long day before standing and waiting for the fireworks. It somehow never got crowded um, at night, even though there were so many people in World Showcase. Um, and I think it's still that case today where the theater is, it's not a very big theater, but it won't be ever really be more than half full um, at the at the end of the day. But I think it's something about the romanticism of the film itself and also the talking about lighting again, the lighting inside of the lobby, which during the day, there's mostly daylight coming in. But at night, it takes on this almost, um, I don't call it cavern like, but a uh, like a cellar like vibe. It's um, you've got the sort of French lighting that's in there and it's very toned down and and quiet. And then you go into the film itself. It's just sort of like a peaceful end of the day. Um, right before you go and head to the fireworks. So I've got nothing else to say about it other than this is the one that I allowed myself from a nostalgia perspective that not a lot of people would get with a couple of extra reasons why you might want to consider doing this after dark. And again, you at this point, you have to do it at dark because <laughs> there's there's no way to see it during the day anymore. Um, but that's my, that's my obscure answer. Um, everything else is very... I'm looking at my list, like literally everything else is very predictable. Um, let's switch. I'm going to head back to Connor. So let's go to you for your third one up. So this one I'll go with one. I don't know if it's obscure, but it's one you probably weren't thinking of when you thought of of rides. And that's, I think the monorail is much better at night. I didn't um, think of it. I, I hope, to, list, I, hope I, didn't I didn't take... Kim, did I take one of yours? You did, um, but it's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I love the monorail at night. <laughs> I think like, especially within the last little over a year, too, now it's it's great. I, I think when you're getting to the park in the morning, yes, the monorail is cool to get on, but it's very busy. It can be a little chaotic getting there. It's totally much more of a form of transportation. When you're leaving at night or you're going back at night, there's less people on it. You're you're just as excited, though. So I think that plays into it. But what I also think plays into it is for the 50th, they added light the underside of, of the monorail that when it pulls into the station makes it even cooler. As you pass by, you know, the Magic Kingdom entrance you look down main street usa you see all the lights lit up you see um the castle off in the distance but what's really awesome now is if you go to epcot at night on the monorail and spaceship earth is all lit up in its beacon of magic excellence that is so cool to see because you're almost right next to it um, it's even cooler if you're able to time it where one of the beacon of magic shows is going on where it's not just the one solitary color or whatever it might be. Um, and you can see it light up different colors and different effects and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if I would have had this on my list, you know, two years ago, but, but today I definitely have it on my list and that's why I love the monorail at night. I didn't, again, didn't have it, but totally agree. Kim, did you want to, I'm curious where on this list, it fell since it is you you did put yeah. yours in order and uh if you had anything to add it fell number six on my list six. So, wow yeah. oh, uh -huh. wow. well i had to get real creative with my list so 
Um, but pretty much for the same reasons that Connor said, my favorite is like Epcot, like going by Spaceship Earth at night is just you can't really beat that view. It is. We'll we'll stay with you, Kim. Um, what is your uh, since I uh, number number six? You did ten and nine. So what's your number eight? So this one is an obscure one, um, and it's only one that you really can do kind of at night. I think the first ride begins at five thirty. Um, the carriage rides at some of the resorts. Uh-huh. So taking those rides around the resort at night and just kind of seeing like the ambiance of the resort at night and the slower pace of the resort and um, just kind of that relaxing feel too. So it's, it's one that I've never personally done, but I always love seeing, especially at French quarter. It's uh, at Port Orleans French quarter. It's just so cool to see that carriage come through the old French streets in the, uh, in French quarter. So yeah. um, it's one that we've all, we've referenced once before, I think in episode 48, I think it was, um, it's 48 or 49. I always get those two confused. But I think it was episode 48. We talked about the most romantic things to do at Disney. And this was one of them that we mentioned. Um, that's definitely uh, on the list to do. Um, so, and shout out to Detour to Neverland, by the way, because that was oh, uh, President Catherine Wright. Who no, that that's episode. all right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was their answer. I can't believe I remember that. Um, but that was that was, uh, that was was what that was. Um Colleen, let's go to you. What is your uh, your next one up? All right, we're jumping to the West Coast. Um, my pick from Disneyland is Space Mountain. So kind of an obvious one, but also not. Um, and I picked yeah. Disneyland over the Magic Kingdom version. Um, I've ridden that one actually a few times as like the last ride of the day at Disneyland. And it's just like the perfect end. So totally opposite of Impressions to France, where it's like a nice, peaceful ending. Um, this is a thrilling, exciting end to the day. And you walk out smiling after you get off of it. Um, one time when I wrote it, it was Hyperspace Mountain, which was incredible. Uh, second time was just the the regular version. But, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that ride overall over the Magic Kingdom one where I feel like I get very nervous on it. And I'm not a nervous rides person, but I get nervous on the Magic Kingdom version. I just am convinced like eventually we're going to go flying off the rails and it's going to happen. But um, I still ride it. We actually wrote it uh, at the Halloween party when it was pitch black with the super scary music. <laughs> we all got off. It was actually our last ride of the night, too. And I was like, mm, wasn't smiling when I got off of that one. Not my favorite thing. Um, but the Disneyland version, I feel like just in general, you know, Space Mountain is a night ride. It's like made for the night. You walk in and you're in space. And as you're going through the tunnel, you know, leading up to where you're boarding your ship, it's just a total mood. And that's, you know, you think of night, I think of Space Mountain. So um, I think the music too, Matt, you know how much I love all the park loops. That's one of my favorites. And it's just such like an evening nighttime, uh, you know, mood to it. So um, for all those reasons, I love it. But I do really I like the Disneyland version better, maybe an unpopular opinion. But that's that's what I enjoyed. Not unpopular here. I like the Disneyland version more as well. It's the I mean, I've I've heard for, for people who have done both, I've heard few contrasting that. Um, mm-hmm. preference the disneyland version is is amazing it's and yeah. it's you know it's only built two years after but it did have its right. major 2005 refurbishment they replaced the track i mean that that helped it along quite a bit but yeah. it's uh it's definitely one 
it's not on my list, but I I considered putting it on there for that reason. Thunder Mountain mm-hmm. won for me in the night version over over the, over Space Mountain when I That's put fair. those two up against each other. <laughs> um, but an excellent answer. Um, okay, we're up to me. So I'm going to go with a uh, one that you can experience at both. I was thinking more about the Magic Kingdom version, but honestly, the Disneyland version is pretty fitting as well. Um, and that is Jungle Cruise, I think, is better after dark. Granted, you can't always see everything as well. They do have lighting that's designed so you can see the animals and the show scenes, but it's not as easy to see. The backside of water isn't quite as pristine as it is during the day. But there's something almost romantic about riding Jungle Cruise at night, and it's not necessarily um, like a a love romantic. It's just that it's that um, that sort of how would I describe it? It's a it's a very um, it is a more subdued version of the ride. I think like there's certain aspects of it that are more thrilling because you can't really see ahead a what's coming, so it adds to that sense of adventure, fitting into Adventureland. But it's also it's just more quiet and calm somehow at the same time um, without the without the daylight. It just it has more of um, it's almost like you're riding a a romantic river cruise at the end of the day um, with a little bit more danger and excitement involved. So I, I, you know, for me, it was it was that reason. And the the queue is also enclosed, but outside. So you get more of the lighting elements in the in the queue itself. And we keep talking about adjusting your eyes. It's really hard to adjust your eyes in that temple for the 60 seconds that you're in there. So when it's night, your eyes are pretty much automatically adjusted to going through that temple. And it's it's cool to see everything inside with a little bit more a um, little bit more detail um, as you're riding through it. So Jungle Cruise at either park. But uh, I was specifically thinking about Magic Kingdom for my answer. Let's see, who do I go to next? Uh, let's go to Kim. Let's go see your number seven. Um, so I did have Jungle Cruise. That was number three on my list. So sorry for taking one. It's all good. All good. (laughs) Um, so my number seven, I feel like it's a controversial one. I feel like a lot of people don't like this ride and are, it's not on their top of their list to go. And it's usually not on the top of mine, but at night it is. Um, so it's the Tomorrowland Speedway with the holiday overlay. Was it yeah. on yours? I had Sorry. it on the list. Yes, that was oh, on my list. It. Wow. It was that on was, my backup list. That was on my list, and it was with the holiday, holiday overlay. Like, I got that specific with it. So um, great minds think alike there. I yeah. see the holiday overlay, too. That's uh, Well, it looks like we're going to be riding that on our, our trip in a couple <laughs> weeks. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Connor will have to compare Autopia at Disneyland as well. Yeah. Well, for, cool. I, I did that because I was like, well... This it's so much better at night because it's so it's just it's it's a it's an iconic ride, of course, but it's so hot during the yeah. day. Yep. And I love when they add things to make the ride totally different at night. So that's why I think like that the the holiday overlay is so cool. Like things that just happen at night. And I won't mention any others because I know there's a couple other rides that just have <laughs> nighttime only because I won't take it away from anyone else. Um but that's why I had it on my list. 
yeah, it's going to be even better when Tron is done, I think, to be able to see yeah. that the connection to Tron and the, the canopy lit up behind it. It's it's going to make for a, a lovely evening sky skyway um, or not skyway. What do you call it? Like skyline um, yeah. to, to Tomorrowland uh, as you're as you're riding through. So I think that's I don't think that's controversial at all, Kim. I think all of I us pretty much agree the- with you there. Day, maybe it might be yes. more. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I will not ride that during the day. I'm like right. between the heat, the humidity, and then the gas all mixed in, like the smells. It's just a little unbearable. So uh yeah, I I would not ride during the day, but at night, sure, count me in, especially with the the Christmas lights and decorations up. During the day, after a nice hearty meal at Cosmic Rays, too, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Falling, falling asleep in the uh, in the queue, probably. Uh, but that's that's a great answer, Kim. Um, let's go to Connor. What do you have next? You know, let's let's stay in Tomorrowland and something that I kind of already mentioned. And I love this morning, noon, or night because it's my favorite, and it's the People Mover. It just brings it to a whole nother level at night. I would say if you asked me, what is your favorite? land at night it's tomorrowland no doubt about it um i love the the neon kind of vibe that you get from it i love even though i won't go on the the astro orbiter i love seeing it from a distance um with especially now tron and the the light i guess you could say scenarios it brings that makes it even better um looking out when you come across the the castle the two times that you come across the castle on the people mover when it's night and there might be a, a beacon of magic show going on on the castle that's equally cool to see um on that so people mover definitely definitely on my my list which i would have to assume is on kim's list as well it's actually at number one on my oh list. man <laughs> colleen was on your list Yes, it was number two on my list. I did rank mine as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a classic. I uh, I didn't rank mine, but it was number two on my list that was listed as well. So Let's go <laughs> mover. That is, is a team answer. It's yeah. not surprising. I was I, I knew somebody was going to say it. I was kind of queuing it up for Connor. Thank you, everyone. Um, thank you. Mentioned very much. it was your favorite, but uh, Kim's number one. Kim's list is being chopped away. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, but to be fair, two of mine have been uh, taken as well. Um, Colleen, you're up next. I'm trying to think, who did I who did I miss this round? Colleen, what was your your fourth one up? So a lot of mine have been taken. We're a little out of order. This is, this is what happens. Just, yep. I know we're just mixing and matching. So the next one I'm going to pick to mention, kind of closing the loop at Magic Kingdom, um, close by to some of those attractions like the Speedway. Um, and I don't know, I'm curious if this is on Connor's list or not, since he worked there, but Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, another one similar to Speedway. I don't really love riding it during the day. I will, but I just think at night it adds an element of thrill and excitement to it because I feel like the lighting isn't great when you're outside almost, other than when they're taking the pictures on the attraction. Um so the darkness almost just makes it a little more thrilling and you can't totally see where the track is. And um, for that, I love it. I've actually ridden it at night in the rain, which, you know, wouldn't necessarily recommend, but it was it was pretty fun. It was an experience. Um, 
And I think then when you're going into the the tunnel, um, into the mine and seeing all the diamonds, you know, it's just, it's a really cool atmosphere. Um, so I've enjoyed it more at night, but again, one, I don't love during the day, but I will go on it at night and lines tend to be shorter than two. So I'm always about that. That's, that's a great answer that I almost had on my lists as well. I have, I have a lot of almost made it and that's one uh -huh. of them. Um, if actually, again, that was one I took out to add in some Disneyland ones. Um, oh. but that's, that's one that I had on there as well. Definitely a great experience in the evening. And again, one that if you go during the fireworks, you're kind of surrounded by yeah. fireworks as well. So great answer for the evening. I will go to, I'm going to try really hard not to take any of Kim's anymore. Um, I only have a few left actually. Now that, <laughs> now that we've had some answers, this is what always happens towards the end of the list. Um, Okay, I'm going to go to one that I think nobody has, <clears throat> which is over at Disneyland. So it's ready down to Colleen and myself, but I don't know if Colleen put this one. And that is Matterhorn bobsleds. Um, Almost made my list, but then I'm not a huge fan of that ride. So then I took it off and I have a different one that I swapped it with. So I'll share that one later. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to hear what it is. I, you know, I really, it's one that I don't always ride either. And I think now in my, uh, current state of motion sickness um it's not actually it's not really a motion sickness inducing ride it's more of just a painful ride um because it is it is old um and they have replaced the track but it's it's still an old attraction uh it's it's dated so it's uh it's a rough ride but there's something about you know forget that aspect of it the evening ambience of matterhorn it's extremely creepy um you know there's even just there's something about the it's it's terrifying during the day alone when you go into the um you know the check your lap restraints um or your seat belts i should say and you see that cavern that dark cavern in front of you and all you can hear is this this wind like this really like mountainous wind and a kind of distant roar of the yeti plus some screams like that during the day is creepy at night being outside in the dark, going into a pitch black cavern with all that happening is even scarier. So it's it's this really like creepy, it's it's really creepy element to it. And then when you do get to the top and you go in and out of the mountain, normally you have a lot of daylight illuminating where you're going to go next in the track. And there's there's you know the mountain is lit in certain areas, so it's not like it's pitch black, but it makes it a lot harder to predict where you're going to turn next. And because of that, plus then again, the the Yeti animatronic, like sure he's scary on Everest, he's scarier on on Matterhorn bobsleds. He's a lot closer to the vehicle. You pass by him a lot faster. He's a lot louder. It's just like, and he does move. So it's like it's it. Although he's not Yeti in the anima, in Expedition Everest is tremendous. So it's not nearly as large. But there's something scarier about the 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 Yeti in Matterhorn. Plus you pass him twice throughout the attraction um to eat on each side uh so it's not including the one time that you see his eyes only so <laughs> it's um it's a scary attraction made even scarier at night um so that all those reasons uh yeah matterhorn bobsleds is is a i think a better experience after dark uh let's go to you know kim i'm just gonna go to you next because i don't want someone to take yours so what's your number five <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm sure no one's going to take this one. Maybe you never know. But um, the Disney boats, specifically resort boats, like leaving from Magic Kingdom um, more specifically, just to be able to see all the other resorts like lit up and to see Magic Kingdom when you're like riding away from it. And it's just very peaceful. I love the water. I love just being on the water. So it's just like that calming, like end to your day. Um, so, yeah, I also love the Disney Spring boat ride as well at night just seeing disney spring like all it up too so you have a favorite resort boat um i was trying to think of this and i I think they're all equal to me to be perfectly honest i don't have like a favorite over one or the other that's fair they all give off different vibes for sure yeah um so that's a that's a great answer i'm glad nobody took that one from you it's not on my list but uh but i do agree it's a it's really great to ride those in the evening uh, let's go to Connor. So next, next. So I did have some doors mine train, um, Colleen. So so kudos to you. Um, mainly for one reason is because on the last day of my college program, our when it was closed, our coordinator told us to grab our magic bands. It was like one in the morning because we're college program kids, and uh, we all went on on it like three times in a row. And oh yeah, in our costumes, and uh, we put our our magic bands on so we could have those pictures. So that was a cool little memory I have of that, and that's why I love that nighttime of it. But I'm gonna stay. I'm I'm gonna pick um, test track, and the reason I'm gonna pick that is, um, I think it's it's an awesome attraction. Um, it's another kind of you know, it's that's one where when it's night out your your eyes still aren't adjust because you're spending so much time in the line inside before you get on the ride so your eyes haven't adjust to the inside part of it but when you come out and and you hit you know top speed on on the test track um at night i think it's so much cooler um especially if you can t- can time it right with the fireworks and the doors fly open as the fireworks are going off uh that is exceptional because on all these other attractions that you know riding at night that you can see the fireworks from whether it's what we've already talked about um in like big thunder mountain or seven dwarfs mine train or even people mover you can see it um this is one where you can be inside and you can have no idea that the fireworks are going on other than you know it's that time but you can't hear them you can't see them even in the lines for the other attractions you can see them you know you hear them they're coming uh this is one where you're totally inside those doors open you see it for the first time and it's just like you're awestruck by those those things um i'll also say during the day when you're coming to that same point and the doors fly open open man did that sun hit you like a ton of bricks i mean you go like whoa whoa, you know so i i think that when it's not like that and it's a little more gradual into the darkness um makes it a bit of a more pleasant experience as well almost made my list colleen was it on yours so that actually tees up my next one i was debating test track i'm maybe another unpopular opinion i'm not a huge test track fan I love Radiator Springs Racers, though. Um, it was on so my I guess, list. Was it? Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. I figured it might be. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, it's just day or night. I love it way more than Test Track. I think 
it's just such a more immersive land. So I think that kind of sets it up. Um, and the fact that most of it is outside, you know, there's some key differences between the two, even though they're kind of the same, I'm using air quotes, um, the same ride, you know, they are very different in a lot of ways. Um, but seeing radiator springs lit up at night is just really, really cool. Um, so I think the views you're getting from the attraction and being outside, you know, it just, it's really neat. I, so I would, I would pick that over test track. I like both, but I did, I would also pick if I had to choose radiator springs racers over test track as well. And so much so that it was on my list as well for uh, after dark experiences. So yeah, the lighting again, it's the parts that are outside, especially the race at the end, but honestly, even the beginning, um, the beginning going through just being in a kind of open cavern that's covered and then coming out of that and going through the, um, sort of the mountainous terrain outside the grand reveal of the waterfall that's lit up. It's, it's very, a very cool experience in the evening. Um, so I'll, I'll sort of second that there. I only have a couple of left. Wow. So I'm going to go to, um, you know, I'm going to go to one that the one that I, I have, I have one on here that I don't ride, but so I, I actually didn't consider things that I personally would ride or not just ones that I think are better at night after dark. Um, and that even includes the part of it that I can do, which is the queue. Uh, Tower of Terror is better after dark. Um, you know, I yep. think if you're riding it, the only the only aspect that changes if you're riding it is when the doors open. It's there in the evening. Um, so that's the part I haven't personally experienced, but I've heard people love doing it at night. Um, just looking out into the dark is kind of cool. But same idea, nothing really to do with the attraction itself, but the overall ambience of the attraction as a whole as you're approaching the Hollywood Tower Hotel. It's obviously very creepy to see it at night. You see the the faded lighting of the Hollywood Tower Hotel sign where the lights aren't properly working. You see the uh, ghostly silhouettes inside of the windows that are illuminated. Some are on, some are off. You hear the music knowing that it was originally coming from the Tip Top Club during the evening on Hollywood night 1939. So it's very ominous of what that would have been like on in a back in that era and you enter the lobby and in the evening which during the day it is illuminated by the fact that it is out you know the doors are right there so it kind of lights up the inside but at night you get the full lobby lighting effect and then that leads you into the whole setup for the attraction where after that the pre-show and the library and the boiler room as you load onto the elevator is always dark but here you are, you know, going from a dark environment into another dark environment. And then, like I said, for those who have done it and who like it uh, and can handle it, unlike me, the uh, I've heard that riding it at night um, where you don't get as much light inside of the elevator shaft when the doors open adds an added thrill factor that I can imagine would be amazing. Anybody else have that on their lists? Or my- yeah. That was on my list. That was actually, yeah, one of my top few. Um, But it's funny, like hearing you say that, you know, some people love when the doors open and it's dark out. I just, maybe I don't even really notice that because I'm just so like caught up in the moment. It's totally the buildup in the evening that makes it that much better of an experience in my mind. I think walking down Sunset Boulevard, you know, even starting that far back and 
as you're approaching, just seeing, you know, everything you described, Matt, with the tower lit up and the flashing lights and, um, you know, then starting the queue outside in the dark, I think it just sets the tone for the ride. And again, when the doors open, I'm just so caught up and probably screaming my head off that I don't notice like outside as much. Um, so I do think it's the buildup and just the total uh, experience leading up to actually boarding the attraction. Yeah, there's one element that you can only really see, and it's outside the attraction. You don't have to ride the attraction to see this. And funny enough, you can only see it from Phantasmic's queue um, or from exiting Phantasmic. It's too hard to see from outside the park. It's too sort of faded. But and then from the front and the side of the attraction, you can't really see it from the angles that are near the gift shop or the entrance to the to the line. But if you're walking through the queue towards Phantasmic, which is now reopened and you should go see it, um, there's on the upper floor on the side of the building on that side towards the back of the building um there's this shadow that's inside a room that's illuminated and you don't know it's very ambiguous if it's like a fancy looking vase or a person that's there and that adds only something you would see again from the, the from the side that you would never know if you're in the queue or anything else just adds that ghostly feeling um, or that paranormal feeling of, of a uh, Hollywood tower hotel. So let's, so I only have one on my list, Kim, I already know how many you have because I've been keeping track. So you have two left. You have number four or number two. Um, Connor, how many do you have left? N- now the terror, terror, terror is off the board. I have two left. Two left. Colleen, how about you? Just one left. Just one. All right. So I'm just going to go, since I only have one left as well, I'm going to go just to Kim and Connor to your number twos. Maybe we'll take one of the others or maybe our number ones. And uh, then we'll go through our final round. So um, Kim, give me your runner up. Uh, your number living, four. Your number four, I should okay. say. Living with the land um, at night and specifically oh, yeah. during Great Christmas houses. time. Yes. Yeah. I thought about that too. Um, I was thinking I was like, I should do it, but then I'm like, I shouldn't just be predictable mat i'm gonna come up with something else um it, it is, is my favorite safe. attraction at epcot so um but at night it's just a totally different completely different vibe at night than during the day so and during the holidays you mentioned yeah also totally holidays is my favorite to ride at night yeah you get sort of a christmas drive through or float through yeah, of yeah. A christmas light float through of living at the land which is very cool remember the first time i saw that i think 2019 that might have been the first year they did it um I thought that was amazing to see. I'm like, that's brilliant. Just add some like Christmas lights. Go ahead, Colin. We, we wrote it together, remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. We did. We did it. Oh, I know. God. I just had a flashback. I'm like, I think that was the last time I wrote it uh, with the Christmas overlay. So um, yeah, that was 2019. It was pre-COVID. Yep. That was, uh, I, I posted a photo on my stories recently from that day. In fact, when we were at Epcot. That was a fun day. Uh, Connor, what's your runner up that's left in your list? All right. So it's not a runner up because I didn't do it in, in order. And okay, I, that's, uh, that's fine. I, mine's not in order either. I just want to say, just because I'm not saying this is a great attraction or anything <laughs> like that. All right. But it's definitely better at night. Um, and that is the, um, the, the magic carpets of Aladdin. I mean, um, if easily I'm, top 10 attractions at Walt Disney world. I, yeah, no doubt um, about it. it is for someone it is. So, you know, you know, um, if you're looking for genie plus, that's the first one you got to make of the day. No doubt about <laughs> it. Um, you know, if we're 
we're having to pick, I'm always going to pick Dumbo over, over that. Um, I do think the added element of being able to, you know, uh, control the, the pitch of it as well as up and down is, is cool. Um, but I will say, I think the best part about this ride at night is it's harder for people to realize that the camel's spitting at them while they're on the ride. And it's, for me, it's very funny. It's very funny to watch. Um, (laughs) but, um, at night adventureland is so dark as well like so it's it's hard to see stuff still so i think that that brings in an extra element to it of of um elevating it from daytime to nighttime yeah the flat rides are in general just totally different at night um yeah and that's certainly one because you're right adventureland is very dark at night um it's supposed to be in the middle of the jungle so it's it's of course going to be a darker environment so really great answer um, all right, we're down to our final rounds. I will go back to Kim first because I always I feel like I just don't want to take yours for some reason. <laughs> and mine mine might be yours. So I, I want to leave it to you. So what is your and this is your actual number one. So what is your number one on your list? Uh, haunted oh, no, so your number two It's your number two, number two, but Haunted Mansion. Um, it's just a my favorite ride. But at night, it just gives that extra spooky kind of vibe to it especially at halloween time when they have like the fog and the different lights and they have the characters outside like talking to you and again with going from during the daytime really bright outside to going into there it takes some time for your eyes to adjust and so at nighttime it's just that easier adjustment and i just love that ride and at night it's just that much better excellent answer it's definitely better at night um after dark for all those reasons Colleen, we'll go to you next. What is your, you did an order too. So is your number one still there? No, it's kind of all over. So um, my last one for my list was over at Animal Kingdom, um, Flight of Passage. So again, one that is not uh, an outdoor attraction. And I think, you know, my main reason for choosing it is I just love Pandora at night. Like, I don't think there's any land that's cooler than that um in the evening and it just creates a different experience for the attraction um i think you know being able to explore the land and as you're going through the queue when you're outside the all the bioluminescence lighting up you know it's just it's beautiful um so i think it just sets a different tone as you're heading into the attraction um i don't really know why to be honest but i just that kept coming into my mind and i was like no like come up with better options but i kept coming back to it and i was like i mean it really i think just that's how much impact the lands and the total immersion have on your attraction experience so i think that's what it really comes down to yeah, it's it's one that I was gonna put on my list as well, but I had a feeling you were gonna put it on there, um, so I didn't. Same thing. I I was gonna put Haunted Mansion, but I knew that Kim was gonna say that. Um, it's I, I I do love the evening ambience at at Pandora in general. Um, I just love Pandora. Period. But the evening ambience is great, and yeah, there is something about I think the the lighting on the valley of mawara in the evening forget the bioluminescence but even the facade in front of flight of passage is just very um it's just beautiful at night it's the way that they make it look like it's lit by the moon um plus the bioluminescence it's and then the the water is lit up it's just it's very it's a very serene experience and there's uh there is something about going into those caves at night it's just very uh 
fitting. Similar to Indiana Jones Adventure, I feel. It's just there's something mm-hmm. different about it at night um, when it gets dark outside. So excellent answer. Connor, how about you? Time's ticking, so you better ride this while you can. Um, Splash Mountain. Of course, it'll it'll still be awesome at night when it when it debuts as Tiana's Bayou Adventure, but um right now it's it's pretty epic. I love Splash Mountain. Um it's an exceptional ride. This is one where when we talk about getting on to see the fireworks as you're on the attraction, this is very difficult to do. The reason it's very difficult to do is is because you have to time it so perfectly because the ride is so long especially when compared to a 15 or 20 minute fireworks show um it's tricky to do but when you when you come down um the main drop you go into the briar patch if the fireworks are going off that's awesome if they aren't i still think there's something very in a weird way peaceful about it when you're up on top and you're you're going around the bend um or when you're just in the very start of it and you're going around the drop so you're not going down the drop you're going around it something very peaceful about it at night um and every time i ride splash mountain the night i always think of uh, a fond memory i had when it was me and a couple of college friends who came down for uh, um i think just to visit me while i was working there and our one friend did not want to go on it, so we put him in the front row, and uh, we convinced him that we were all gonna do uh, like frowny faces for the for the picture, and uh, we convinced him. He did it, and we all did muscles behind him, like held up our muscles. So it's the best picture ever. But what's even better is when we went down it, we went back into the station. We're like, we'll go again, and they were like, sure, and they sent us. And our friend was so upset because he got soaked. We'd go down the hill again. We come back in the station. We said, we'll go one more time. And they're like, you got it. And I, I'm shocked that my friend still talks to us to this day <laughs> because he was so upset that we drag him onto that. But it's a fun memory I have. And I just love Splash Mountain at night. It is great at night. The the queue, it's again, the lighting of Frontierland is, yeah. is just so, so amazing in the evening. And at Disneyland and Critter Country, same exact story. It's It's phenomenal at night. Um, I do have to give a shout out to my honorable mention. That was a backup that I did want to just quickly shout out, which is the Disneyland or the Walt Disney World Railroad yep. is wonderful in the evening. Um, it, you get a full, you know, the, the grand circle tour of both parks at night and get glimpses of the lands in the evening. So if you're like Kim and myself and you can't really do a lot of the more thrilling attractions, then Pick one of those, you know, uh, Disneyland Railroad if you're at Disneyland, Walt Disney World Railroad if you're at Magic Kingdom. It's it's very peaceful um, to ride it in the evening, just as not a mode of transportation, but an attraction. Um, start whichever land you want and, you know, end up back there or somewhere totally different. Doesn't matter. But I've definitely done this before and at both parks, and it's just so wonderful to ride them at night. Um, all right. I have to give my I have to give a very stereotypical answer for me, but. Uh, my last one here is Rise of the Resistance is better after dark. And I have two reasons for this. And I actually want to specifically call out Disneyland for this one. Walt Disney World's terrific. But if you approach it's just, we talk about the atmosphere of approaching it. Galaxy's Edge at night, especially at Disneyland, is amazing because of the tunnels. 
Disney Walt Disney World, I'm telling you, compared to Disneyland, it's almost shortchanged when it comes to the transitions into Galaxy's Edge. Um, still love that Grand Avenue entrance. It does not hold a candle to the others. I mean, it is it is the the Critter Country and Frontierland entrances to Galaxy's Edge are masterclasses, and especially at night, the way that the lighting, the the actual lanterns used in those tunnels is just ingenious it goes back to uh, you know the original imagineers who put together the transition between main street and adventureland and how cleverly that transition was created it's that level of subtle um ingenuity that they used to do this so just approaching galaxy's edge and rise of the resistance is incredible at night but then this attraction is designed to be experienced during the day or during the night because the Imagineers knew that there are outdoor components, even on the screens that you see during the day or during the night. So to maintain the illusion that you are actually doing what you're doing, depending on the time of day that you ride it, first of all, when you you know go through those, go through that queue um, and you you know, enter those caverns from the outside. Very, very cool. It, it already adjusts into that dark environment in the queue. But then when you exit those pre-show doors and you're back outside again, before you board that ITS shuttle, you get the lighting of the ITS shuttle. You get to see Galaxy's Edge in the distance all dark. It's moonlight, starlight, very Star Wars-esque. Um, and then you enter the ITS shuttle and the screen at night actually projects nighttime as opposed to during the day it projects daytime yeah and the same thing at the end of the ride when you are headed back to batu on your escape pod instead of arriving on batu during the day you arrive on batu back at night and then you exit out of the attraction going back to the unload area and it's night again um so this is one that it's adapted you you know if you can ride it twice in the day during day during night um maybe lightning lane for one standby for the other i mean it's just a wonderful way to experience the attraction twice but um the whole buildup of the attraction seeing galaxy's edge at night especially at disneyland with those tunnels and then experiencing the attraction with the adjustments that are made to replicate the evening is why it is my final answer um and probably the number one if i had to rank them on my list we did it, friends. We went through, it wasn't 40, which is always good because that's way too many, but we went through <laughs> a nice sizable list and it. I think we gave some good reasons why we love these attractions after dark in general. I think seeing the Magic Kingdom or Epcot or any park in the evening adds something wonderful uh, to the park environment. Um, and I, I think it's worth checking out these attractions after dark if you haven't before. To close out, um, I do want to tease out something we have coming up between the three of us. It's not the only reason I got you on the show, but it is a, a reason that I, I wanted you on here now. Um, so at the beginning of this episode, uh, when we started recording, again, if you're listening in the future, it's too late. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll have something else coming up. But if you're listening you know, in the, the month or two that it's live, we have a, a group trip coming up in May of 2023. And it is an opportunity to join us in person. Um, at least Colleen and I are going to be there. Connor's going to be there. Uh -huh. Connor's going to be a tour guide there, in fact, for, uh, yeah. for one of our park days. Um, but we will spend the three nights together. I was trying to think how in my head. Three nights together um, at Walt Disney World, at Coronado Springs. Enjoy two park hopper days 
one of those days with Magical Park Tours and we'll enjoy dining together. It's going to be a really great limited to just a select number of people. Um, and the deadline for this is December 31st. So you have to, before your new year's resolutions are in, you need to decide what, if you're going to be taking this trip with us or not. Um, but you can learn more at, uh, imagine slash vacation, um, is where you can find it just to double check. I forgot the, I have to make sure that that is the actual hyperlink. Yes. Imagine slash vacation is where you want to go. Um, Colleen or. And by the way, it is it is booked through Magical Park Vacation, so you do have to do this formally in order to join us and fill out the form on that page in order to formally join us for all the events. You're welcome to go in May separately um, at the same time of, uh, as us, but to participate in this group trip, you do have to fill out that form um, and work with Kim and Colleen to make that happen. Uh, is there anything missing in terms of things you might want to add for any of the three of you? No, I mean, it's going to be a really fun, unique weekend at Disney. And I think, you know, we're working to create a really fun itinerary and schedule for everybody. So it'll be a mix of, you know, some tours, some time with Matt. Um, we're staying at Coronado Springs. Um, so you can stay there or uh, as a part of that in Grandestino Tower. I think most people are staying there. Um, if you're concierge level, you'll get some extra time with Matt and his family as well, which it's just a cool atmosphere, but also, you know, to get some extra time and have coffee or breakfast, uh, you know, with him and his family, I think will be really fun. Um, yeah, it's going to be just a really fun weekend. Um, I'll be there as well with my husband and Molly. So lots of cute Disney babies too. If that you know <laughs> intends to come, so um, kids yeah, too. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're super excited, and Kim will be there. So I think we'll have the whole gang, and it'll just be a really fun, unique weekend, and hopefully the first of many of these group trips that we're doing. Yeah. Kim, I didn't realize you were going too. I'm sorry for saying you weren't going. So you are going. Okay. I am going. Yep. <laughs> I will be there. Wonderful. All right. So it's going to be a, a really great reunion. Um, mm -hmm. And I have to say, I'm really looking forward to another day where Connor takes the lead. So that's I and I can't wait to to do it for, for everyone and to kind of show, um, especially for Disney fans, just a stress-free day in the parks um, is awesome. And We've done some trainings in the in the past with with our companies, um, and what I always love most about those trips is the community, the people. Like we're going to go on a lot of rides, we're going to learn a lot about the parks, we're going to have a blast. But getting to a, you know meet up in person with community members from Imagineer Podcast, like that's going to be the coolest thing. I guarantee you'll make friends for life, whether it's with us, the four of us, or other people that come on the trip. Um, I think that's what's going to be really the coolest part about this whole thing. And I, I can't wait. May, May can't come soon enough. I it's I'm really excited. I can't believe how quickly this is uh, this is upon us. And uh, again, that's why if you want to do this, you really do need to act fast um, with those limited number of spots. And the fact that uh, the deadline, there is a, a hard deadline, December 31st, because then we need to start planning. And we do not like planning late because it impacts the experience that you're going to have. Um, so make sure you do book. Uh, sooner than later, definitely by December 31st of this year. If you're listening after, I hope I have another opportunity for you coming real soon. I hope you catch up to Imagineer podcast episodes and hear something else that's exciting on uh, that's on your on our radar for uh, another group trip. But I'm I'm very excited about it. 
And we'll get to experience some of these attractions after dark. So I definitely want to hear some of the answers that listeners send in, which I'll plug at the close of this episode. Um, but Connor, Colleen, Kim, thank all three of you for coming onto the show. I know it will not be the last time, um, but I appreciate you sending in all these answers for your top 10 Disney attractions after dark. And with that, we close out episode 149 of the Imagineer podcast. I want to give a very special thanks to Colleen, Kim, and Connor for coming onto the show and sharing their answers with us. It was definitely a lot of fun, but to make this even more fun, I wanted to turn this conversation over to you because I know you probably have some answers that you agree with. You might have been screaming at us through your speakers or through your headphones um, at some of the answers that we shared which I totally accept. Um, and you're welcome to add any additional answers to this list or piggyback on, on top of some of the ideas that we've presented. You can send me your answers and feedback as always in so many different ways. You can reach out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Imagineer Podcast, on Twitter at Imagineer News, and on uh, Facebook, in our Facebook group, I should add, you should join our Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community, because this is a truly a part of a community where you get to share your answers and see other feedback, what other people have to say, other members of this listener community. Uh, and we talk about all things Disney. It's just a great, fun, optimistic, friendly, welcoming place um, where we share a lot of really uh, fun topics and discuss all things Disney. So again, you can join our Facebook group over at The Imagination. And when you're uh, ready to book a trip, I'm going to start here. When you're ready to book a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, to see some of these attractions, Disney Cruise Line, or any other Disney destination, definitely consider working with our partners who were mentioned on this episode as guests you can work with kim over at magical park vacations she offers a complimentary service over at magicalparkvacations.com to help to plan out and book your disney vacation you can also add on ww park planners which is a concierge planning service that colleen runs and they provide a little bit more extra support in planning out the specific steps that you can take every single day they'll plan out the itinerary for your disney vacation they have done so for me and done an amazing job in planning my Disney vacations. And if you want that in-person support, you can work with Connor's team over at Magical Park Tours to have essentially a Disney friend kind of walk you around for the day. Someone who knows the parks inside and out can help you to maximize your time. You can learn more about WDW Park Planners at wdwparkplanners.com and Magical Park Tours at magicalparktours.com. Definitely consider reaching out to them. And of course, because we talked about it in this episode, if you're still listening to the show in 2022, you still have time. If it's 2023 or later and you're listening, that's okay. I'm sure I have more exciting stuff to share in future podcast episodes as you're catching up. But if you're still listening again in 2022, you can head to imagineerpodcast.com slash vacation to learn how you can literally join the four of us, plus a small group of friends limited to 
a very select number of people, so spots are limited, which means you should really consider booking sooner than later if you want to take this trip with us. And the deadline is December 31st, 2022 for our trip, which is going to be May 18th to 21st, 2023. If you want to participate in our group activities, join us in the parks, dine with us, and stay with us at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort in separate rooms, of course. You can learn more again at imagineyourpodcast.com slash vacation. Just fill out that form and Kim will get back to you with more details, quotes, and so much more. And of course, if you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me as well. Back to some podcast highlights. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify in particular, that does help this show out tremendously. Thanks to all of you who have rated and reviewed the show before and helped us to maintain essentially a five-star rating in both of those places. I do sincerely appreciate it, and it helps this community continue to grow as always. And if you'd like to take your love of Imagineer podcast to the next level, consider joining our Patreon group over at patreon.com slash Imagineer podcast. That's a way that you can support the show even further. This show is truly made possible by our Patreon members. I cannot express that enough. And in return for your support, you unlock, it's basically a membership, you unlock extra bonus content, things like uh, bonus podcast episodes, streamable binaural audio that you can listen to on the go, a private Facebook community, group events. I love our watch parties that we do every week. We continue to innovate and come up with new ideas every single month. Always a lot of fun. We do group calls together. We just have a great time and you get, again, access to lots of extra content as well. It all goes to support the show and select charities throughout the year. You can learn more again over at patreon.com slash podcast. And know as always, because the show is always evolving, that terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show. Last but not least, I want to encourage you, as I always do, to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever they might be. Please take those first steps today to making that better, happier life for yourself to make your dreams come true. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. celebration every moment is amazing the joy is never-ending and the memories last a lifetime 
because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your Walt Disney World Resort vacation today. Call 585-662-3686 or visit MagicalParkVacations.com.